his word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we indeed thank you this wonderful day that you have made. And Father, we have made a choice to rejoice and be glad. Father, as we come before the table of the king to sit and dine, I pray that every word, every verse, every scripture, and everything that is said and done will feed your people manna from heaven. And Lord, I thank you in advance for using me as an oracle of God. And I pray that, Father, the hearts and the minds of your people will be changed, will be raised, faith will be imparted, and, Father, miracles will take place. We thank you in advance for doing what you're going to do in our lives as a result of your word. So as I decrease now, I thank you for the anointing of God, increasing to feed every person in Jesus' name. And if you believe that prayer, say amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you came this morning. I'm starting a new series that I believe is so appropriate for the average believer for everyday living. How many know that if you cannot apply the Bible to your everyday life, you might as well read the newspaper? Amen. And I believe that God's word has a key to everything. And there is a key to eternal life. And every believer, when you got born again, you had to use the key that God has given us to access eternal life. And there are other keys in God's word that he has given us that will help us make our lives better. Can you say amen to that? And so if you're taking notes today, the title of the message is The Key to Everything. The key to everything. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm about to learn the key to everything. And the goal of today's message is to help each one of us understand that there is one major key to unlocking all of God's promises in your life. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, please turn them to the book of Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to look in verse 19 or... 16 verses 13 through 19 and then Matthew chapter 6 verse 27 I'll say those two again Matthew chapter 16 verses 13 and then Matthew chapter 6 verses 27 as you find those verses I have a series of questions that I want to ask you uh, has anyone here ever lost your keys before anybody here yeah my wife should have had both of her hands up I remember years ago, I lost my keys in my dorm room, and I'll never forget because I tore up the place looking for my keys. I mean, I looked everywhere, looked under the bed, looked in the closet, looked in the clothes, looked in the pants, and by the time I got through looking, the place looked like the hurricane. And so finally, after deep frustration, I decided to do something that I should have done at first. 
I decided to ask the Lord where the keys were. Well, he led me to a place that I would have never looked for to find those keys. And so in life, there are keys that God has given us. And many times, many of us have no clue what these keys are. So let me ask you another question. You ever had somebody to hide your keys? Anybody? Oh, is that right? Must have a landing in your life. What if there is a key to living the more than abundant life that Jesus came for us to have? What if there is a key to doing that and somebody was trying to hide it or take it from you? Now, you don't have to turn there. John chapter 10 verse 10 tells us that the thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, what is he trying to kill, steal, and destroy? Well, the rest of the verse says, because Jesus came that we may have life and life more abundantly. So he's trying to steal from us the abundant life that Jesus has died for us to have. That tells me there is a key to abundant life. Now look at your neighbor and say, there's a key to everything. Now, I'm going to have, I'm only have three small points this morning. The first point that I want you to write down is that you must know that there is a key. You must know that there is a key. And I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. See, the problem with most believers is we have been issued keys or a key. And because we don't know how to use it, we take the wrong keys for the wrong thing. Have you ever had a key made? You took it and had the duplicate made. You took it home and it didn't work. You know why? They probably had to just shave a little bit more off of the key. Well, many of us are trying to access the promises of God in our lives, but we're using the wrong keys. In Matthew 16, look in verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And if you can kind of read, he kind of already said who he was right there. Look at the next verse. And they said, some say that you are John the Baptist. Some say Elias, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Verse 15. He said unto them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and what, class? Flesh and blood has not, what's the next word? Reveal this unto you. We're going to come back. I want you to circle that word reveal. He says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Reveal what to you? Reveal who I am. And he says, but my father who is in heaven, he's the one that revealed it, verse 18. And I say unto you that you are Peter and upon this rock. Well, what rock is he talking about? The rock was not Peter because Peter's dead. Peter's gone now. That rock, what is the rock? The rock is the revelation of knowledge that he gave, that Peter just used to access who Christ was. He says, upon that rock of revelation knowledge, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto you the what? Everybody say it. 
the keys of the kingdom. Let me just stop here and we'll finish reading. That word keys there is really, when you define it and look it up in the Greek, it's really singular. It's not plural. It's really the word key. And when you look it up, that word was used six times in the New Testament and five times it was used singular. Only this time it was used as plural. So it really should mean just a singular key. He says, he says, and I will give unto you the key of the kingdom or keys of the kingdom and whatsoever, watch this, once you know the keys, he says, whatever you bind on earth with the key shall be loosed on earth and whatever uh, bound in heaven and whatever you shall loose on earth with the key shall be loose where? Now the word reveal there means to uncover, watch this, to make known what was before unknown. He's saying when you learn how to receive revelation knowledge, it's going to help you uncover or to make known what was before unknown. Now you say, well, pastor, what does that have to do with a key? Because the key here is the key of revelation knowledge. Let me show you why. Because when Peter accessed that knowledge, he said, flesh and blood didn't do that. But my father did that. So guess what? Revelation knowledge is the key to unlocking God's promises. And what happened at that time is that Peter accessed information that wasn't known to the flesh. And when you understand how to access this information, there will be no problem in your life you won't solve. You say, let me ask you, how many have gone through a problem in your life and you didn't know what to do? Okay, I'm telling you that when you learn how to access this knowledge, remember now, Peter pulled some knowledge down that everybody else didn't have because he said, my father in heaven is who revealed it. So you say, well, Pastor Evan, how do you do that? Well, notice, let me just give you something to look at. Go to verse 19. Go to verse 19. Go to verse 19. And while you're going there, 2 Peter 1, 3 says, God has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. In other words, he's saying everything that I've given you that pertains to life and how to live a, a Christian life, a believer's life, he says, you know what? I've given it to you through knowledge. Now, watch this now. Verse 19. I want you to notice this. Let's go back to verse 19. Are we up there? It says, and I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom. Now, stop right there because notice the key is to where? Where is it? The key here is to the kingdom. This is not a normal key, but this is a kingdom key. In other words, a natural key won't fix, fix kingdom principles. You have to have a kingdom key. See, see, what we're trying to do is take our natural keys out and open up kingdom doors. It doesn't work like that. You have to have a kingdom key to open up a kingdom door. Can you say amen? amen. Now, this kingdom key will always work when the kingdom has first priority in your life. You say, well, pastor, what do you mean? Matthew 6, just write it down. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything you need will be added. So when the kingdom is first in my life, then what happens is it positions me with the key because if, I'm, if, if God is first in my life, 
then when he's speaking to me, I'm going to hear him and I'll get the, the, the information that he wants me to have. So here's point number two that I want you to write down. How to access the key. Because remember, Peter received the key, the revelation knowledge that God gave him about who Jesus was. He received that key. So here's my question. How do you access the key? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. How do you access this key? And see, this is where most believers, they go wrong. Most people, when they don't know what to do, they don't wait long enough for God to tell them. They panic, and then they try to figure out themselves, how am I going to get this done? Well, if you're going to do it yourself, well, why trust God? Amen. Well, let's see how to access this key. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, look at verse 9. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. It says, but as it is written, eyes haven't seen, nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the heart of man the things which God has already prepared. Notice that's past tense. He has prepared for them that what? Love him. Now, let's just look at this. God has already have some, he's got some things already prepared for you and I. They're already there. So if they are already there, I must get to the their place. Now, if they're on Main Street and I'm on First Street, it's not God's fault that I never saw those things. Oh, okay. So you want God to transfer them from Maine over here to first just because you want first. Look at your neighbor and say, it don't work like that. It says in verse 10, he has some things prepared for those who love him, but God has what class? Revealed. That's that word again. He has disclosed or made known what was before unknown those to, to us. By his what? So how do we access the things that God has prepared for us? How do we access this revelation knowledge that God wants to give us? So when we're in a situation that we don't know what to do, he, he wants us to know there is a way for you to know what I want you to do. And he says that's going to happen by his spirit, it goes on to say, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. He's saying the Holy Spirit inside of you knows exactly what he wants you to do. And let me just continue to read this because this, this is good. It says, for what? What man knows the things that are of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the things of God, no man knows but the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but received the spirit which is of God. That we might know, that we might know, that we might know the what class? The what? The things that are what? Freely. There are some things that are free. So guess what? The Holy Spirit wants to show me some things to come. And this is how you access information. You say, well, Pastor, I don't do it. Listen, the Holy Spirit's on the inside. That's how you got saved. So he's in here. But you know what? If I never acknowledge him, it's not his fault if I don't know which way to go. It says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he, God, in me will direct my, will direct my path. John 16, 13, just write it down. It says, how be it when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall speak not of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. 
and he will show you all things to come. Amen. Now, I love the word guide in there. The, mean guide, the word guide means to show the way. Basically, the Holy Spirit is my personal navigation system. How many have a GPS? Yeah. See, you know, I was, I was thinking the other day, I wonder how we got around without a navigation system. How did we do it? People just gave you landmarks. You know, go over here and see that big rock on the left. You're going to make a right, and then you'll see First Baptist Church on the right-hand side. You're not going to turn right, though. You're going to turn left. There's a vacant lot right there. I mean, people gave you directions based on landmarks. Well, the Holy Spirit is our GPS. Can you say amen? And GPS stands for not just, you know, because I, I looked up what the word GPS meant. It, it meant like, uh, uh, what is it? Global positioning system. Well, I have a God personal system. Because his job is to guide me in the way God wants me to go. And most of us don't use our personal navigation system. And he's waiting every day. He wants to help you solve that problem you're going through. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So the Holy Spirit is my personal navigation system and he's been, uh, and that system has been programmed with all the direction that we need to go our way. So how do you access it? Because most people, this is the part that they don't get. So here's the easiest way to access this information. It's called prayer. Now prayer is like just talking. I know we make prayer real spiritual. Because most of us, we only pray when we're beside our bed. Lord, I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, pray with me. Pray the Lord my... Prayer is really simpler than that. Prayer sounds like this when you're in the midst of a situation and you don't know what to do. Lord, I have no clue what I'm going to do. And you know what? God, without you, I still won't know what to do. So I'm going to I am going to trust you. I'm going to wait on you. And you're going to speak to me. And I thank you in advance that I'm going to know what to do without a shadow of a doubt. And you know what? You're going to wait on him until he speaks. Amen. Now, let me show you this happened to somebody. Go to Acts chapter 10. Go to Acts chapter 10. This whole global positioning system, this whole God personal spirit within us, God's personal GPS for us. It happened in the book of Acts to Peter, and I don't really want to read all this, but I have to read it just to give you the context. Acts chapter 10, look at verse 9. It says, And on the morrow, as they went on their journey, and they drew nigh to the city, Peter went up to the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became hungry. How many get hungry when you're praying? <laughs> you know, all kind of stuff come up when you're praying. He got hungry when he started praying. He would have eaten, but while they, you know, they were fixing dinner, he fell into a trance. And he saw a uh, heaven open up and a certain vessel descending upon him. And it had been a great sheet at the four corners, and it came down upon the earth. Where were all the manner of four-footed beasts and wild beasts and creeping things and the fowls of the air. Remember now, Jews didn't eat that kind of stuff. And there came a voice that said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. 
But Peter said, no, sir, no, sir Lord, no, I'm not going to do that. For I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spoken to him a second time. And he says, what God has cleansed, do, you, do not call uncommon. Verse 16, this was done three times and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now while Peter doubted in himself what the vision was, which he had seen, what it meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry from Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon or Peter... Which lies there? They said they came to Peter's house. They said, hey, is there a guy named Peter here? Watch verse, verse 19. While Peter thought on the vision, read this part with me, the Spirit said to him. The Spirit said, behold, there are three men downstairs looking for you. The Holy Spirit told Peter what was going on before it happened or while it was happening. Well, if he did that for him, he could do that for us. And many of us, we miss out on the global positioning system, on that God positioning system, because we move before he does. Uh, I had the same thing happen to me when I was praying one day, and this is when we were moving from an elementary school to here, and I got a vision. I've never, really, I don't ever remember this happening again, but I got a vision, and in the vision, I saw this auditorium, and I had never been to this school. It was so bad, I had, didn't even know this school existed because I never came down Eden Road all the way because I knew it was a dead end, so I never came this way. So in this vision, I see this auditorium, and I have no clue where it is. So after I get through... Okay, instead of saying, Lord, where was that? I just got in the car and started driving and looking for it. So I drove, and how many know I wasted a whole lot of gas? I wasted a lot of gas, wasted a lot of gas. And finally, uh, the Lord told me, I asked him, I said, where is this place? He says, go on Eden Road. And so I didn't say which way on Eden. I just, he didn't tell me. I didn't ask him. I just went on Eden. I went back the way we used to be, and it went right down in the Cooper. I said, Lord, ain't nothing down here. There are a number of warehouses and raggedy streets down here. He said, go back the other way. I said, that's a dead end that way. Didn't you know that? He said, go back the other way. I went back this way and boom, Sagin pops up. I was like, wow, I didn't even know school was here. So I come inside and I say, hey, do you all have like an auditorium or something in here? They said, yes, we do. I said, can I see it? So they brought me back here and they showed me this. And I said, wow, this is what I saw in the vision. But it was, it was the God personal navigation system that led me this way. There was no scripture in the Bible that says Seguin uh, High School is on Eden Road in Ezekiel chapter 3. <laughs> See, the reason you need the Holy Spirit on the inside is because there are some things that are not directly in the Bible. Can you say amen to that? Everything is not written just right out of the Bible. So, to me, we have the Holy Spirit for several reasons. And one of those reasons is for him to reveal the things that God has for us. Now, here's the thing that I believe that, that, that's a problem with most believers. Most believers use the Holy Spirit as a reminder, but not a revealer. Now, it's okay to use him as a reminder. You know, Lord, I leave my keys. Lord, this. Lord, where my purse? Lord, where my keys? Lord, Lord, Lord. That's okay. But his role in your life is not just to remind you, but it's to reveal to you. And the difference is, reminding you is just something that you already know. Revealing is something that you don't know. 
And I don't know about you, but I want to have a walk that's, that's living by faith to a point that I'm hearing the voice of God and he's telling me which way to go. I'm going to tell you something. Some of the biggest problems you will ever solve will come out of your personal relationship and your personal guidance with the Lord. And so, you know what? Let's not make it hard. So let's close on this. Let's close on this. Let me give you this real quick here. There are four ways to obey God. Because see, here's the thing. At the end of the day, God's personal direction for your life is no good if you're not going to obey him. Come on now. And here's the thing. Here's number one. You have to obey what you already know. You know, sometimes people will come down and they may pray and say, Pastor, would you pray for me to tithe? I don't pray for them to tithe. I pray for their obedience to tithe. Because you don't, I don't have to pray for something God's already given me the ability to do. In other words, there are some things that we already know to do, and we just need to start doing those things. So the first thing is you got to obey what you already know. Everybody say, you must obey what you already know. I mean, if you know uh, cussing people out is not right, you just need to look at your name and say, somebody got cussed out this weekend. <laughs> somebody got cussed out this weekend. You know, that'll happen when you get around you. Yeah, yeah. Kinfolk. You know, one time, so you have to, you, how many know what butt dialing is? Anybody know what a butt dial is? A butt dial is when you have your phone like in your pocket, you know, and then you sit down on it and it dials somebody. Well, somebody accidentally butt dialed me. Now, this was a church member. And because I didn't, re- well, he butt dialed me. And so uh, it went in my voicemail, long voicemail. And through this whole voicemail, he's cussing somebody out really bad. I mean, he's letting them have it. I mean, it was bad. Now, you know, one cuss word, you know, okay, two cuss words, you know. But, I mean, when it starts running into sentences and paragraphs, you know, and, 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 and papers, you know, that you turn in and stuff in school, it was so bad, I called them up. I said, listen. I said, did you notice you called me? No, Pastor, I didn't. I said, well, you did. And uh, I don't know who you was cussing out, but I got it on voicemail right now. Amen. You got to obey what you already know. Here's number two. This is four ways that you can obey God when the Spirit of God speaks to you. You got to trust Him as you go. When He's telling you to do something, as long as it's not wrong, obey the voice. And the only way you're going to get familiar with the voice of God is obey Him in small steps. Amen. You know what? I used, I used to use opportunities like losing my keys, small things so that I could use that opportunity to learn the voice. That's what I did. So instead of just, you know, uh, you, you have two socks and one of them mismatched and you're trying to find the other one, I used that opportunity to say, Lord, where is this other sock? He said, Pastor, that's so minute. But that's how you learn his voice. I don't want to be trying to learn his voice when I got a big, huge problem in front of me that's life-changing. No, I want to start with something small. So every time I had a small problem, I began to ask the Lord, and I learned his voice. And once I got that voice, it's too late now after that because I'm going to obey whenever he says something. So when you obey what you already know, number two is you got to trust him as you go because sometimes God will lead you in a place you didn't expect. 
God sometimes don't always take the shortcut. Okay, y'all don't want to hear this. I'm going to just tell you anyway. God don't always take shortcuts. You know, the children of Israel, I think it was like an eight or a six-day journey from, the, you know, from Egypt all the way to the promised land. It wasn't that many. It wasn't even a week. But it took them 40 years because God was working on them. Can you say amen? So you got to trust him as you go. Here's number three. You got to acknowledge him when you don't know. Here's number one, you must obey what you already know. Number two, you must trust him as you go. Number three, you must acknowledge him when you don't know. I know society makes us feel like spirituality is a crutch. Well, if that's a crutch, then put me on two of them. I want to be able to acknowledge him. And when you do, the Bible says he will direct your path. And then here's number four, you must obey him when he shows. I'm going to say that again. You must obey him when he shows. Number one, you must obey what you already know. Number two, you must trust him as you go. Number three, you must acknowledge him when you don't know. And then number four, you must obey him when he shows. I had a situation. You all heard this story before, but I had this situation where uh, my, my wife and were out of town. Uh, I think they were in Jamaica somewhere. And, and I just decided I was just going to go on a personal freeze. I was going to try to spend as least amount of money as I could. While they was gone, because I know they would be spending while I'm not. So I go to Spring Creek, and I'm sitting in there, and there's this old lady had to be, she had to be about 90. If she was not older than that, she sure looked it. But she was old, you know, very old. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with being old. You're going to be old one day. Amen. And uh, this old lady was there. And the, the Lord told me to pay for her dinner. And I told the Lord I wasn't doing that. Not today. How many talk to yourself sometimes? How many talk back to the Lord sometimes? Oh, yeah, he'll be telling you something. I'm not doing that. So I told him, I said, I'm not doing that. So I let her go up there. She pulled out her card. You know, she was kind of shaking and pulled that card out. I was thinking, wow, she has a debit card? She's old. She should have pulled out like some bonds and some... People like that still write checks. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. You know, I met a 93. Was she 93? I met a 93-year-old lady to, uh, this week at a wedding. So I took that opportunity to ask her, what are three things that you have done to live this long? She said, well, the first thing that I did is that I had to realize, and, and this is not necessarily in order, but this is what she said. She said that... Uh, she learned when she was 60-something that a doctor told her, if you'll fast one day a week, you'll live longer. She started when she was 64. Now she's 93. I said, okay, wow, okay. Uh, fasting one day a week. Okay, I can do that. I can do that. And then number two, what was number two, babe? Do you remember number two? Oh, oh she didn't smoke. She didn't drink. See, some of y'all done flunk right there. You done flunk. <laughs> That's okay. God will restore your body, you know. He'll restore you, you know. Some years ago, I used to smoke cigarettes, but I didn't smoke them on a regular basis, you know. I just smoked them as a boost. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? I see who the weed smokers are in the room. So I really wasn't, you know, stuck on the cigarettes. But she didn't smoke. She didn't drink. You know, she, did, she told me she didn't even take medication. I was like, wow, that is amazing. And then the third thing she said, which relates to this, she says... 
whatever situation I in, I trusted God in it. Because I knew he was going to work it together for my good. And you know what? Some of you all are going through some things right now in your life. And you have no clue how you're going to get out. And I'm telling you, God has already figured it out. And if you will just acknowledge him in all your ways, he's going to give you a path that is so plain that it is going to be a blessing in your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for those who are here today. And Father, there are some who are walking down a path that have no clue what's at the end of it. And I pray today that they will use revelation knowledge which comes from the Father via the Holy Spirit. And they will ask and it shall be given. They will seek and they will find. They will knock and the door shall be open. Thank you today for making their, their paths plain and straight in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today, the only way you're going to get that personal...